Hello! You are in bus mode. My name is Fergus. My name's Azine. And as always, we're going to be talking about all the awesome stuff that's going on in culture. As you know, mostly video games and films. But this is a very special edition of the podcast is the Game of the Year edition. Yeah, all the DLC and stuff is included. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about a few new things first, and a little later on in the episode we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to be announcing our Games of the Year. Yeah. Um, it's very important. We have forewarned the developers and the companies that put these games out, and they are, I can, I can confirm, delighted with our choices. Oh, okay. But before we start talking about that stuff, uh, PSX happened since since our last episode, yep. since our last edition, and uh, big things Gwydan. <laughs> Gwydan, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I think one thing stands out in particular. When we collectively pooed our pants once uh, we saw the trailer and it was announced, and that's The Last of Us Two. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be honest. Um, although I am ecstatic that they are making it. I thought Days Gone was going to fill fill the Last of Us void, um, but I'm I'm like I'm so happy about it. I watched that Days Gone. Have you seen the kind of Days Gone gameplay clip? Where you the one running around, yeah, running away from the horde of zombies. Mm. Yeah, it was quite different went, gameplay. Is um, the whole game going to be like that? I don't know. They haven't really be... have it, have they released anything else other than that so far? I no, haven't apart seen from that uh, really early teaser trailer. Yeah, they did an E3, but not. Yeah, no, that's it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe the fact that Last of Us Two has come out has got Days Gone going. Oh no, we need to mm. make this look. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll just yeah. be able to be a different enough game. Well, I mean, what, what I meant behind that was that it's going to be a narrative-based zombie game because yeah. it looked like there was a lot of story in that game. Yeah. Um, but the actual gameplay itself looks very different mm. from what Last of Us is. Much more hectic. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Last of Us Two. I don't know, I was so ambivalent about it when I saw that trailer. I was in so, two such disparate minds about being so satisfied and, and, and loving the journey that Joel and Ellie took um, and it being so well wrapped up and really enjoying the DLC for being an, an extra bit of Ellie's life, sure, and and um, filling in a couple of gaps in the story that didn't necessarily need filling, but still, mm. it was really enriching, sure. Um I love that film. That game is perfect, and part of me is a little worried about the story of Last of Us Two. Okay, one thing um, that I did I couldn't figure out was it clear that the the man who comes in is Joel? Yeah, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He calls her kiddo, and um, it's, it's it's Troy Baker's voice. Okay, all right, yeah. All right. Um, I mean that was the thing. Did you did you see that there was a kind of forty five minute discussion with Troy Baker, uh, Ashley uh, Johnson, and the director Neil Druckmann? Yeah. Um, did you see that they chatted? I about... didn't see that. No. It, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely Joel and Ellie. Yeah. But two key things, two things that I took away from that discussion that were key, and we'll talk about the content of the trailer itself in a second. But I think this gives it a bit of context. Mm. Number one, you're playing as Ellie. In Last of Us 2. Okay. Okay. And number two, they started developing that trailer. They wrote and started animating and, and got in touch with Ashley Johnson about the song yeah. two years ago. Now, Last of Us only came out two and a half years ago. So basically, 
as much as as much as I'm like, oh, the story finished and rah, 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 they shouldn't carry on, they shouldn't do a sequel because it'll ruin the all that nonsense. They've been thinking about it for a while, so clearly they've got something good going on. They've got something good up their sleeve. They say that the the, the tone of it, the, the tone of the first one was hope and love. The tone of this one's all about hate and anger, which, as we know, can lead to the dark side. That's something else we have to talk about today. Um, <laughs> usually, people do it in the other way round. It's usually <laughs> the yeah. hate and anger comes first, then it's the love and hope. Good hope. That's a nice. That's a nice outlook. Yeah. But in the if you if you know if you look at a trilogy structure, the middle episode is always the darkest one. Empire Strikes Back. Good, good being, point. Being yeah. the main one. Um, so you're telling me this is Last of Us three? <laughs> I I we are that is an exclusive to <laughs> Boss Mode Podcast. Uh, no, we do, maybe. Mm. Um, but let's talk about the trailer itself. Uh, before you go into that, I, I just want to say that remember those sequences where. Um, you have to put Ellie on the pallet and push her across the water. I just imagined Ellie saying, here, get in this wheelchair, and you having to push Joel. Oh, no. Oh, that, but that might happen. There is that sequence where Ellie's, like, propping Joel up. Um, what do you think about that pallet sequence, by the way? Because I, like, I, I was talking to someone last night, a guy called Chris Mills from a, another podcast called Failure to Communicate, mm. um, who, who might be a guest one day on our show. Mm. But um, he was saying that that, that moment and moments like that really let The Last of Us down. Like, they, it became a kind of puzzle game. I mean, a... yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, like, the first time it happens is fine, but then the second time you're very aware that this is, like, a mechanic. The first time it, it feels like it's part of the narrative, but then you're like, oh, wait, I need to do this again at this point. And that's what completely... Th- th- that is true. I think that's what left Last of Us down a little bit. Um, and then also, I, I don't know how you deal with this in any cover-based shooter, but it's, oh, there's boxes. I'm about to fight someone. I hate that <laughs> feeling. I hate that feeling. I hate knowing You're, you're in an arena. Exactly, mm. exactly. And it just, it completely breaks the immersion, especially for, for The Last of Us, which is such an immersive game in terms of narrative. Um, but they do script around that whole palette thing. Like the third time it happens, right at the end of the game, you have to do it one more time. Mm. And Ellie's, Ellie even says, hey, she has a line like, I can't wait till we don't do this anymore. Or like, I, I can't believe how many times we've had to do this this year. Mm. And as much as I went, yeah, that's a good scripting bit to point out, like almost to break the fourth wall and, and ref- be self-referential about the fact it's a repeated puzzle. Mostly, I thought, Joel, you've had nine months to teach Ellie how to swim. Seriously. Mm. <laughs> get, get on that and save yourself this pallet nonsense. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, but we don't see anything in the Last of Us 2 trailer. It starts with a shot of a wood. Yep. And it pulls back once to reveal a dilapidated house. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, yeah, I, I recognise this, this universe, this world. And then it pulls back again to reveal the road sign with the Firefly logo on it. Yeah. And that was the moment when everyone in the PSX crowd lost their minds. Yeah. Because uh, they realised what they were being shown, which is really exciting. And then it goes into a full rendition of a song originally written and, and performed by a man. It's a, it's a blues uh, song. I can't remember the guy who did it. But um, Ashley Johnson... She said she t- she had to get take singing lessons to learn how to sing less well, yeah. to do that performance because <laughs> apparently her voice was too, too is too pure 
in real life, and so she had to have a bit of Ellie grit to it grit. or something. Okay, yeah, um, I can see that. Uh, but no, they started animating it two years ago, and I'm 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 talking a lot about this trailer, so mm. I didn't realise because I can I've I've clearly seen it enough to to be able to do a shot by shot breakdown, but um. Joel says at the end of the trailer, and this was the thing that made me a bit trepidatious, Joel says to Ellie, you're definitely going to go through with this, kiddo. Um, and she says... Yeah, I'm going to kill them all, yeah. Yeah, kill all of them, yeah. That, that is, it sounds... She sounded a little bit like Liam Neeson in Taken. You know I mean, it's, <laughs> there's a number of times I've heard that kind of vigilante, I will not stop until you're all dead kind of thing. It's very 90s. Um, what do you think? Well, tell me what you tell me your thoughts, man. Because I'm I'm both so excited and so worried at the same time. I mean, it it it, it was beautiful. It, I really really enjoyed the trailer uh, because I, I I missed the game. I I enjoyed playing it, um, and I'm excited for the second one. And the, the trailer itself, I thought was a very very good trailer, very well done trailer. It, on the surface at least it it did all the right things to hide people up um and it was beautifully done as well like the animation and everything was incredible the, uh the fingerprint on ellie's fingers it just it, it blew my mind how well they did it and I, I showed it to someone who did not know anything about the last of us and after that she wanted to just know everything about it. She wow. wanted to know what happens, okay. what happened before, and all this kind of stuff. So, so I, it was a, well, it was I a good trailer. I remember so. seeing the trailer for the first one in the cinema. I was with my wife, who's not a gamer at all, and she was like, "You have to get that." <laughs> <laughs> um, so Naughty Dog are good at they're good at the trailers. Yeah. Um, but this one particularly shows off a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I know how to play guitar a bit. Yeah. That character is playing that music. Yeah. The the strings she's picking and the shape she's making with her left hand around the chords and and that and, the, and it, she's playing the right frets. Yeah. It is real. Um. Uh. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. It is. And um. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they take that through to the whole game, I mean, the, the Neil Druckmann was talking about this new um. Uh, expression Mo-cap. capturing in my cap system, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where they are converting actual, like the real facial expressions into the characters. Mm. So, so for the first time, it's, it's going to be quite weird because the the Ellie is going to end up looking a, like eighty percent Ellie from Last of Us, but obviously a few years have passed. I think she's nineteen in Last of Us too. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it has Ashley Johnson's facial expressions, it's going to have a lot of her mm. in it as well. Yeah, I think it's it's yeah, it's really exciting. She's, I mean, she's I mean, actor, so yeah. the thing is, I, I know just to expect great things. Just after playing Uncharted Four this year, um, and seeing that, I'm I'm and obviously they're going to improve on that now, and maybe we're going to get to play it in four K. So like, it's just going to be even better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Going to stop, like, yeah, they'll be designing it for this new, yeah. How about VR Last of Us? I don't know if I'm ready for VR. (laughs) This is the thing, we're getting really happy and excited and and like almost romantic about, yeah, something that is genuinely scary, yeah, and horrible in places. 
Yeah. Um, and I couldn't handle being ravaged by a clicker in VR, I don't think. So, like, <laughs> that'd be really nasty. <laughs> but, I mean, that wasn't the only trailer at PSX. There was another trailer. There was another trailer. I did not understand it. Oh, I think <laughs> collectively, I don't think anyone, I don't think Kojima understands. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. He's like, oh, I like rainbows. Let's put that there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rainbows. Um, I, I think the rainbow was my least favorite bit of that trailer because it was really? like, well, I don't know. It's like the only bit of aesthetic. Okay, let's start at the start. We're yeah. talking about the Death Stranding trailer, and I'd call it the first trailer because that thing of um, Daryl out of the Walking Dead crying on a beach. Um, let's call that a teaser. So <laughs> we still have yet to see any actual gameplay from mm-hmm. the from the from the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we still don't know when it's going to come out. But two thousand seventeen. I think it's a possibility. Um, no, we'll see. We'll see. But this is this has been a long time coming. Death Stranding, and even though we've mentioned it before, we've never really talked about the history of it. The fact that it started out as Silent Hills. Mm. And was a collaboration between Kojima and uh, I always must say Benicio Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the way I understood it was that Guillermo del Toro couldn't work with Kojima anymore because they were too Kojima was just too much of a nightmare to work with. But he is in the trailer for Death Stranding. Yeah. As an uh, uh, performing in it. Yeah. So unless that was maybe Kojima went, oh, okay, we can't work together in as co-directors, but do you want to be in it? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't hear that. That they couldn't stand each other. I thought it was just because Konami, like, fell apart or didn't like Kojima or was trying to oh. do too much stuff. That's why the whole Silent Hills project got cancelled. Oh, but I they, they were still planning as... to work together. I thought they got as far as PT and oh okay that's that's a much nicer story then yeah forget what I said I um, might be wrong but that's what my understanding of the situation okay. was okay that's bad yeah okay that makes sense mm-hmm. um, but um, but still crazily abstract yeah uh, Mads Mikkelsen that's he looked really cool in it he does look really cool but I suspect like Doctor Strange he will be underused. Um... Because he's and and I and I and I suspect Rogue One as well. Um, he won't be in it enough mm. to give you the full Mickelson mind-exploding experience that you get from like Hannibal or his earlier Scandinavian stuff. Um, but the fact that he's in it is a really good sign. Yeah. Really good sign because he, clearly Kojima's attracting some talent. Yeah, and and it's it's clearly flipping crazy. So what we saw was Guillermo del Toro with a fetus in a. In a bottle. In a bottle. <laughs> uh, a b- a bottle probably isn't right. It's more of like a, um, a capsule mm. um, suit. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it seems to be set in a very dystopian, grimy, run-down world. And Mads Mikkelsen seems to be um, the captain of a squad of... Or some kind of death squad. Well, um, they seem to be... Yeah, I guess so. You could say that. And they're tethered to him. Um and I feel I think that it's it's gonna be somehow, and I feel feel like there's gonna be a gameplay mechanic. It's gonna be uh, how people are tethered to other people or their offspring or something like that. Kojima said that right uh, from the start, didn't he? He said when he first started talking about Death Stranding, he said, "I uh, I invented stealth." 
with <laughs> with Metal Gear Solid, and now I'm inventing. And, and nowadays, stealth is a thing that you get in loads of computer games, and it works. And people have kind of simplified it, or or made it more complicated, or you know, done their own thing with it. Right. And I am doing the same thing with Death Stranding, with a new type of gameplay. And he did heavily suggest that that's something to do with those umbilical cords, the tethering, the tethers. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a. I mean, it's difficult to tell how seriously to take Kojima because he's yeah, absolutely it's true. I off mean, his rocker. Th- th- uh, <laughs> unless it's like a puzzle game, <laughs> I don't see that happening. The thing is, the thing is with Kojima, I'm I'm very skeptical of the whole Death Stranding thing because I I didn't like Metal Gear Solid Four. I mean, I didn't. I I wasn't a massive fan of Metal Gear Solid Four. And I didn't like Metal Gear Solid Five. It became too abstract for me to kind of grasp. And mm. I, yeah, I just didn't like the way the series was going. And, and Survivor's I love been cancelled. Yeah. And three. I know Kojima's no, no. not. Survivor's, is Survivor's still going. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Right. Survivor's is still going ahead. Um, okay. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. No, it's so okay. you're, you're cynical about it because. Yeah, just because I didn't like... But the thing is, people say that that was because of Konami's influence and all this kind of stuff, but I just don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay sceptical. Fair enough. I think, I think in an age where we've had Bethesda games and No Man's Sky and, and, and pre-orders becoming a serious problem mm. in the gaming community, I think... A bit of cynicism before a game comes out. People are going to fall over it's themselves. It's not even that. It's even before thing. we see gameplay. Like there has not been a shred of gameplay or anything. So at the moment, it's just, it's just you know hype on trailers and the people involved in the project still. So I mean, if he does say the gameplay is going to be totally different, then we have to be very skeptical because we have nothing to base it on. Like Metal Gear, we can't base it on Metal Gear Solid. His his work on Metal Gear Solid. It's also a bit tricky when, 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 well, two things actually. A, when a commercial, a proprietor of commercial goods starts getting into their heads that they are an artist of real value. That's not to say he's not an artist of real value, but as soon as an artist of real value starts considering themselves to be an artist of real value, there is going to be a drop off in the quality of their work. Case in point, Kanye West. Okay, right. Well, I don't know, man. I, I like High School Dropout was one of my favourite albums. Yeah, it's same. just being downhill from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Kenny. Um, yeah, I'm meeting with Donald Trump the other day. Yeah, I know, I saw that. That was weird. What is going on? But the thing on? is, the, 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 the first picture I saw of them, they were both like frowning, like hardcore frowning. And then later on, I saw a picture of them both smiling oh, okay. in the same place. But right. I think they just met. They didn't like each other, and then they smiled. Yeah, yeah, that's clearly it. They realised that they were going to have photos taken of. Oh, better smile. Um, so, Kojima might suffer from that. Of kind of, if you get told you're a genius enough, it's bound to affect your work. And the other thing is, the whole. And I know this is very. I shouldn't be saying this as someone who likes having. Who, who enjoys other people who push the boundaries of art and culture but if it's not broke don't fix it right mm-hmm. and if Kojima's going oh, I've got this whole new system of gameplay I like video gameplay as it is <laughs> I like uh, when, when people come up with certain fighting uh, mechanics uh, like in the Arkham trilogy 
or if they come up with stealth, fine, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. things like that. New nuances around a central conceit, great. But that's not to say that just because something is new, it's good. Mm-hmm. And if Kojima's going, oh, I'm going to revolutionise computer games, I suspect what he means is, I'm going to bring out something that's different to anything else. That doesn't mean it's better. There's going to be doesn't nine even billion ways to, to play this game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean it's... It's, it's, that's not a quality. Yeah, it's not a qualitative statement. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm cynical about both the things, though. To be honest, I'm a cynic. I'm, 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 I'm lucky enough, I think, not to be one of those guys who goes, "Ah, oh, Indiana Jones Four ruined Indiana, Indiana Jones One, Two, and Three because mm. I, I can, I'm able to see them as separate things. Mm. However, The Last of Us Two. Actually, one thing we're getting wrong is calling it The Last of Us 2. It's called The Last of Us Part 2. Ah, uh, yeah. Which really suggests that it is the continuation of a single story. A story that I was really happy with being wrapped up. Yeah. So, like you say, let's, 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 let's keep a healthy dose of, of cynicism. So would you have preferred um, somebody else's story set in the same universe? Uh, yeah, yeah. If it... the first twenty minutes of the Last of Us are absolutely fundamentally key mm. to to getting inside Joel's mind. If the events of the Last of Us Part One affects jo- Ellie's character, which I'm, I'm sure they do in Part yeah. Two, I'm trying not to be too spoilery about the Last of Us, but I think if Ellie's going to be angry at anyone in part two it kind of should be Joel yeah um, um, but, but I mean are, are we assuming that she's told that Joel's told her everything well that's the question maybe not maybe the secret hangs over the whole game right. <laughs> like, maybe so she finds so out speculation. yeah yeah just speculating maybe she yeah. has found out and come to terms with it but I don't believe oh being so coy about not saying what it is okay spoilers for Last of Us for the next kind of Couple of minutes, right? It's a, it came out two years ago. What are you doing if you haven't yeah, played it? Exactly. In fact, if you're listening to this, you have played it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Joel tells Ellie, I think the psychological burden of knowing you're the only human being in the world to carry a, a potential cure yeah. for a disease that has wiped everyone out, that's too much, particularly for a, teenage, a teenager to bear. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Ellie's clearly very strong. Yeah. But I don't think anyone could be strong enough to to know that they were there was some kind of messiah character potentially, mm. um, and that this this kind of surrogate father figure has has taken away that choice from you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he can have told her because she would have lost her marbles. Basically, I'd be I'd, I'd be a I'd be a psychotic wreck if I if I knew the stuff that that that, that Joel knew mm. um, about Ellie, but um, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, it could yeah, it could be a thing. It could be a thing that uh, I'm sure they would have thought about it though. I'm sure Neil Druckmann has a plan for that secret and how it's revealed. Yeah, I I have a feeling he's going to have a part to play in the story of part two. Um, well, there's got to be a reason why why Joel. I assume, as much as we're playing as Ellie, 
it will be like The Last of Us Part One, where there's both of them on the screen, like traveling together. Uh, at least for a, a chunk of the game, at least until until Joel dies, I guess, because <sighs> he's gonna die. They always do that. In part two. Yeah, he's gonna die. Come on, Joel's oh, gonna man. Die. <laughs> well, that's sad. Joel's one of my favourite characters ever I guess there's so much speculation you can do about uh, something about you even that trailer wasn't actually a trailer it was a scene um, presumably from near the beginning of the game as with all these things there's going to be so much speculation whether the secret comes out whether Joel dies all of that is going to be meaningless until we actually see some gameplay yeah as you said um I want to touch on a little bit of film news before we get on to Game of the Year. And I really okay. do mean a little bit, because it's only little bits and pieces that have come out. But I thought it was worth mentioning. We talked about God Particle and Cloverfield, yeah. the anthology last episode. And a bit of story has been revealed about God Particle. Okay. Which is that it concerns itself with some astronaut scientists in a space station orbiting Earth. And while they are in their space station, the world ends. Now, I, I, sorry, I became hesitant as I was saying that because I can't remember if I've read that the, the planet literally disappears from underneath them. Right. Or if something happens to, to end life on Earth. But either way, it's about a bunch of people trapped in a space station and, and not knowing how to continue to exist. Right, right. Um, in the absence of their home planet, which was just down there a second ago. Um, did you ever see uh, that there was a TV show, a, a sci-fi TV show a few years ago that had exactly the same plot? No. Um, oh man, it had it had the word it had the number five in it because it was about five astronauts who who were in a space station. They see the planet Earth disappear from beneath, and they get visited by this kind of crazy spectral alien being thing that says I come from a planet where this has literally just happened to me I can't help you directly but I can send you five years back in time and so these five astronauts are sent five years back in time onto planet earth and they have five years to work out why the earth disappears okay um and it's a great it's a great conceit but as soon as I heard about god particle which will be called something like cloverfield three or cloverfield colon god particle or something like that um, Cloverfield particle <laughs> yeah right um, uh, I don't know I like, I like the story but again it's it's tricky to, it, it seems to be tricky to come up with a sci-fi conceit that hasn't been done in some way before yeah I mean I, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty excited for it because I'm as I said before I've li- I like the first movie I like the second movie and I I'm, I feel like I'm hoping that this one will reveal a bit more. Did there's not going to be? Are they are they joined? I can't. We discussed this. We already. talked about we talked about this a little bit on the last episode. Um, where I'm of the opinion that, and again, it's speculation. Um, uh, that it's an anthology series. That there is just Cloverfield is just the word that they apply to sci-fi films that come out of Bad Robots production company. Yeah. All right. However, at the same time, I I, it, I just find it hard to believe that there won't be something like even even the smallest, tiniest thing that's going to link them all together. 
Well, that was the other thing we talked about, is, is Slusho, or Slusho's parent company, yeah. who seems to be a multinational yes, conglomerate, of course. Um, who, might, who you suggested, or speculated, might have engineered a virus, or created the Cloverfield monster in the first one, and then orchestrated something in the second one as well. Um, and they might reveal, they might still reveal that to have happened. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for some small tidbit detail like that to appear. But it doesn't. Um, apart from Slasher, it doesn't. It doesn't look like Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane are set in the same universe. It doesn't look like it. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. But it would be cool. <laughs> it would be. It would be cool. I agree. And not beyond J.J. Abrams' Ken. That is the kind of thing he does. Yeah. And so yeah, it would. Well, it's the kind of thing he's famous for doing. Although maybe he doesn't actually. And do lens it. lens flares. Lens flares. Lots of lens flares. Yeah. Um. No lens flares in Star Wars. He must have really had to bite his tongue on that one. Um, <laughs> the other hired someone to slap him every time he tried to put. It but, but apparently his wife. It was his wife. I, oh, I can't really? remember what his wife's name is, but apparently she just kept saying Les, lens flare. <laughs> People take the piss out of you. Stop doing it. <laughs> um, uh, the other little two little bits of film thing I wanted to talk about. One is that Rogue One, as a recording this. Rogue One has been out for a day and we haven't seen it. Yes. Which is a disgrace. I know, I know. I, I would consider myself a Star Wars super fan. Um, I, my house is full of Star Wars memorabilia. and But it just so happens that two years in a row, um, the last day of a really big project and therefore the kind of rap party it's been the same project both times, actually. Jack and Dean of all trades. Available on the full screen app. Um, <laughs> uh, season one, we recorded November, December last year. And our rap party was on the same night as Force Awakens coming out. And I actually ducked out of the party early to go and see the midnight screening of, uh, uh, of The Force Awakens. Clearly, I'm not as much of a super fan as I thought. Because this year, we had our rap party last night. And I could have... I could have ducked out, but instead I had work to do today, so I went to bed early, and now I'm sucking it up because the the reviews are pretty good. Yeah, the reviews have been amazing. I like I I I didn't actually keep to my promise of having keeping to a blackout, so I've seen a couple of trailers, but I'm blacked out now, and I haven't even looked at the reviews or anything like that because okay. I'm, I'm I'm excited to go see it. I don't consider myself a Star Wars super fan. Um, I like it, and I'm interested to go and see this. Um, so I don't know what to expect, though. When, um, this, do you know what, this is another thing Chris Mills from the Failure to Communicate podcast pointed out, and, and that I agree with. When they announced that Doctor Strange was going to be a Marvel Universe-based horror movie, that had me really interested in it. And this is the same thing they're announcing with the Star Wars stories. They, they are, they do, but they actually seem to be do, having the courage of their convictions and actually doing it. Where Rogue One is a war movie. Right. And Han Solo, they've cast Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. He's yeah. a funny, funny man. Yeah. Um, it's been direct, written and directed by Lord and, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did the Lego movie and 21 and 22 Jump Street and, and Community. Um, oh, I hadn't even put together that they worked. Oh no, they didn't get they didn't do community at all. That's nonsense. I'm thinking of the Russo brothers. Anyway, um, they did some TV show. Oh yeah, they do uh, the Last Man on Earth, okay, which is still yeah. really good. Third yeah. season, 
wrapping up, and it's it's still probably funny. Um, but uh, uh, that that's clearly going to be a comedy. Yeah. And then they've got like supposedly, I don't know what the third one is. There's a Boba Fett standalone movie. Okay. Yeah. Which apparently might be more of a spy. Th- kind of mercenary thriller kind of thing I don't know but like I like the idea that they're doing different genre and apparently Rogue One is gritty it is a war war movie movie. it's a war movie set in the Star Wars universe which I'm fine with yeah like that sounds awesome um apparently the third third of it the third act is mind blowing okay and you have to see it soon because people are going to start dropping spoilers left, right, and centre. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently there are little tricky bits of story, a, a few twists. I don't know if the twists pertain to the rest of the film itself, and it's all self-contained, or if the twists pertain to, as I talked about at length before, say, episode eight or seven. You right. know, if it's that far-reaching, that'd be really cool. But I'm, I'm. Uh... You have officially hyped me. I'm. I wasn't planning to go and watch it sometime next week, but I'm just gonna book my tickets right now. <laughs> Dude, it's it's honestly. I wasn't. That's why I didn't book my my my. I usually book a midnight screening at Leicester Square to see the first possible screening of the film in the UK for, right. for anything that I love. Particularly, obviously, Star Wars. I had it booked. Uh, episode seven. I had booked months in advance, but I really wasn't sure about this one until it came out, and everyone who's seen it. Is the worst reaction the film has got so far is, eh. <laughs> Which, like, given that the, the Force Awakens had people coming out going, well, it's just a remake of episode three. And that guy didn't even like Star Wars. <laughs> right, right, right. Seriously. Like, he was shit about Star Wars. He was like, yeah, it's alright. <laughs> like, cool. Um, that's a good sign. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, see it. And, and we'll, I imagine, talk about it at length. On our next episode, yeah, definitely. when hopefully we'll 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 get a we'll get a on, on a crazy tangent. This is totally unrelated to anything, but the last time I actually went to a midnight screen, it's been a very long time, and the last thing I actually saw was Watchmen. Okay, that's quite a cool film to watch at midnight. Yeah, like, given the countdown clock and everything, um, <laughs> the, the doomsday clock. Yeah, but uh, I think that's the last thing, and there was hardly anyone there. Uh, there was a handful of people there. Mm. Um, and I think everyone had read the graphic novel everyone there had read the graphic novel yeah Um, did you enjoy that film? I I liked it Mm. I liked it it's fine if if you don't get angry about the liberties they took with the comic book yeah in many ways I think it works a little better than the I I, 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 I was just I was mostly happy about the fact that I feel like they pulled off Rorschach, they yeah. managed to pull off Rorschach, yeah, which and is I was cool. very happy about that. I I had I didn't really have much of an in, uh, like um, an issue with the the bomb instead of the tentacle. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was like, oh yeah, okay, it tra- it does translate better than movies, and 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 yeah, a lot of the issues people had, I didn't really agree with. So, but that was. Oh, hmm looking back it'd be interesting watching Watchmen again now because that was the start of here's yet like it feels like we've had about 40 or 50 blockbusters since Watchmen that destroy cities Zack Snyder's been responsible for a lot of them (laughs) yeah um Snyder (laughs) (sighs) let's not go down that road again yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so yeah, next time we'll 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 get a we'll we'll get a a special a Star Wars special fan guest in to be revealed, uh, and we'll talk about we'll talk about Rogue One at length. I imagine we'll have a lot to say. My last little thing: if you're catching this around Christmas time and you're a fan of Christmas movies, um, I'm I'm not a fan of Christmas movies, and and knowing that that my wife Emma will probably not hear this I'm going to say categorically that Love Actually is one of the worst films ever made it's a despicable piece of crap um, and yet I am I am made to watch it every year um, my advice on a on a triple bill that will make you genuinely happy is there a comma in the title is it Love Actually <laughs> yeah I think it was actually cons- I think the only real way to say it is as posh as possible love actually oh, uh, okay. no it's love actually um, oh blood that film hates people um, but if you want to have a good time with a, with a bunch of Christmas films uh, Elf is a stone cold comedy classic Die Hard is one of the greatest films ever made and certainly one of the best Christmas films ever made. Um, Yippee-ki-yay. Exactly. Uh, Muddy Funster, as they say on ITVT. Um, But I can also properly recommend going back to Gremlins. Gremlins is remembered as a kind of puppet show for kids with a bit of silliness and mischief in it. I watched it the other day it is gory. It's nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's now that quick. you've mentioned it, it is. It, it it was. It did terrify me as a child. It's a fifteen certificate film. <laughs> That's the thing. Just is because Spielberg uh, was exec exec producer on it. Yeah. Um, but it was written by uh, Chris Columbus, who, you know, his 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 stock in trade was very much kids' films. Um, he, I mean, he went on to direct uh, the first two Harry Potter movies. Um. But the director is a guy called Joe Dante, whose first one was, was Piranha, which is a straight-up horror film. Bad, but still a horror movie. He tends to do lots of horror films. And actually, after Gremlins, he did some more kids' films that always had a really, really seriously dark edge to them. Because I think people forget that Gremlins was an R-rated, in America, 15 certificate in UK film, which allowed it to be quite nasty in places. Mm. It zips along... The puppetry, genuinely from the technical point of view, is amazing, and and Zach, everyone everyone cites um, Mark Hamill as being really good in Ep- uh, in Empire Strikes Back when he meets Yoda because Mark Hamill is treating Yoda like a real thing and that's what sells Yoda. Yeah. Zach Galligan in Gremlins does an incredible job because you know there's shots where he must be looking at nothing or looking at he's holding a puppet and then putting a puppet down on a surface just out of shot and then some crew member will be swapping that puppet for a different puppet that can do a different thing or different facial expression and then the camera will come down to the puppet and then back up to Zach Galligan all in one shot and Zach Galligan is still maintaining this this performance it also has one of the best movie monologues in history and if you're a man or a woman who's an inspiring actor, sorry, aspiring actor, (laughs) you can be inspiring, Um, (laughs) if you're an aspiring actor and you're looking for, did I just say it again? No, you said aspiring second time. Okay, good. So if you're an inspiring actor, (laughs) (laughs) jokes, if you're an aspiring actor who wants a really good um, uh, audition monologue, Phoebe Cates' speech 
about how she found out Santa Claus wasn't real is one of the best, funniest and darkest speeches in movie history. Do you remember anything about it? I don't remember it at all. It's about the, the family thought that, that her dad just, just like screwed them off, like just left on Christmas Eve. Mm. Um, and then sometime around February, March, they notice a smell coming from the chimney. And it turns out the dad, dressed up as Santa Claus, <laughs> slipped down the chimney, broke his Why neck. Why don't I remember this? And his body has been in the chimney since Christmas. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, this is this is Gremlins, man. This is a kid's film that we remember. It's not. It's not. It's a dark-ass little... It's great. Um, so, yeah, that's just a quick... Well, it turned out not to be so quick because I, I waxed lyrical about uh, 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 Gremlins for about ten minutes. But it's worth it. It's worth a look. Um... What do you say, man? Let's get to the meat of this thing. Let's do it. Okay. So in a, in a year where we have... Uh, how about I, I run... I, 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 I list a couple of the kind of... Or, or like the top ten game... Top ten best-selling games of the year. And you have a little comment on, on some of them, yeah? Okay, sure. Uh, and then what we're going to do is after we kind of run down this list... Um, I'll give my... Well, I'll give my runner-up first. You give your runner-up. I'll give my winner. You give your... Winner. I, mean, I think your 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 game of the year is going to be the game of the year because frankly, you're the man. Um, <laughs> so it's been an interesting year for games, though. It's a year in which uh, can I just say I expected a lot more from this year. Oh, okay. I'm actually disappointed on for the year on whole. Okay. Um, there's been a, quite a few games that I've looked I've been looking forward to this year, and once they've actually played them, I'm like. None of these are as good as The Witcher 3. <laughs> um, That's a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> I'm giving it to, to last year's Witcher 3. No. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's because that has spoiled me. But the games this year, a lot of them fell, fell flat. Like last last uh, last episode I mentioned that I was really excited to play Final Fantasy 15 of course people have been fans um, of Final Fantasy been waiting years exactly and uh, to be fair that made it outside the bounds of our game of the year because it came out in December but when I got it in my hands I was I, I couldn't enjoy it because the combat system was terrible and it just it, it just felt very 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 flat to me it was gorgeous it looked great um the world was open, there's big monsters going around, and it feels like there might be a lot to do, but it just, it, if, I don't feel like Final Fantasy should go open world, and I think that just, it, it just really threw me off. The story is terrible. You know, you know, you have to watch this two hour movie to get an idea of what the actual story is before you play the game. Otherwise, it's just like a 30-second cutscene summarising that two-hour movie um, and you don't know what the hell is going on. It's what? absolutely ridiculous. And the, the, the movie doesn't come with the game. What? Yeah. You have to buy the movie separately. It's called Kingsglaive. And it's not very good either. It's, it's got... And the lead actor is Aaron Paul. I am so angry for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Aaron Paul's... No, that, it's not, that wasn't the Aaron Paul thing that okay. <laughs> makes me say that. Aaron Paul's cool. Um, but screw that. Yeah, it's just it's just been a massive disappointment. I've given up on Final Fantasy now, the series oh. in general. Oh, no. I don't think it's ever going to go back to its glory days. Um, 
which is which is sad. Which is sad. But sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that was a good interruption. I think that's really that's the key thing. And I think it's interesting. Individual games have been disappointing. I mean, No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, let's not talk about that again. <laughs> but but at the same time, um, this was a year in which MMO RPGs got to have a bit of substance and mythology and storyline to them with Overwatch. No, that's not an MMORPG. Um, isn't it? No. Well, it's a, okay. it's a, I mean, well, this is this is exactly where my my ignorance of, of video game <laughs> terminology comes in because I would have said that anything where a group of people are are, are in an arena. Okay. No. Online. Okay. So an MMORPG is stuff like Warcraft, where it's an open world, and oh, you, okay. you've got oh, okay. you know there's loads of factions and stuff. Then there's the MOBA genre. Which is an arena-based thing. Um, what does that stand for? Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Yes, hey. that's correct. Now this is this is essentially an extension. Overwatch is essentially a first-person version of that. Um, yeah, it is. It is a, a first-person version of that where okay. you have heroes and heroes have specific powers, um, and yeah, that's it really. Um, so you, I, I get where where that confusion came from. Do you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's mostly because I, I, probably because I don't play them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a giveaway. But I, 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 not because no, it's not really even a choice. I just don't. I, I get so far into the into the that single player experience. Yeah, but um, I mean, the, like you said, Overwatch has been. I feel like it's been. It's the first thing where there's been any story involved. Mm. And they, they, if you've you've seen some of the cinematics, and they're just amazing. They're mm. like they're Pixar quality stuff. Mm. Blizzard makes absolutely amazing cinematics. Um, they've been doing that for ages. I just showed uh, I just showed you the the cinematic for World of Warcraft Cataclysm. Yeah. I don't I don't even play that game. <laughs> it's really and I watched though. that it's cinematic great. like a hundred billion times just because I, it it really hypes me up. Um, and yeah, Overwatch, Overwatch pulled it off. They they made a very very good game, which was very well received, um, and I enjoyed playing it. You know, I really really enjoyed playing it. I'm not that much of a multiplayer guy anymore, so I haven't like dedicated loads and loads of hours towards it. But when I did play it, I enjoyed it. Um, and some things to say about their business model and the skins and all that kind of stuff, but. I don't think it's particularly... It's not exactly Clash of Clans or anything. It's not that bad uh, okay. where it's, you have to pay to win. And you get all the characters for free, all the maps for free and okay. everything. And yeah, I think they did it really right. I'm, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. Um, it's not my game of the year, but sure. but yeah, it deserves to be... It deserves to have made as much money as it did. To be did, did the myth... Oh, that's nice. Okay, but did the, did the mythological weight added make a difference to the gameplay or your or your tight your, no, your, your not for your, me not for right, me okay. there wasn't enough there still wasn't enough right. but I mean I think there is more out there for me to see in terms of I think they did some graphic novels and stuff and I didn't really look into that I've just seen the cinematics and for me they're more just trailers but I have spoken to people who are really interested in the story of Overwatch and are hoping that that gets expanded soon Sure, um, but once you're actually in an arena, you're just shooting. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess that mythology can't. 
unless they found a really canny way of letting that mythology somehow play out in interactions between characters as they're fighting each other. I think that's what they would do, trying to do with the original Titanfall. Okay. It didn't really work very well. Okay. Um, th- this has also been a year where, for at least one month, seemingly the entire world went crazy playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Which was the first time a mobile game, you know, like Candy Crush and things like that have been stealing people's minds for, for a couple of years now, but but this was the first time that it became a thing, like a news... This was genuinely a uh, phenomenon. Mm. Because um, yeah. everybody and their mothers was playing Pokemon Go. But why? I don't what, know. I got swept it? up in it as well. I got, I got I definitely got swept up in it. For the first week or so, I was like, oh, I want to go and catch Pokemon. And then when I realised, wait, there's no substance to this at all. This isn't even a game. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the thing. I think we were, we were working in the same office on that first day that it came out. Yeah. And me and uh, a colleague of ours, John Brown, had, had like people just constantly coming up to our desks, taking photos of our... It was really disruptive. <laughs> but I remember, I think you and you and a couple of other people in the office went out during a lunch break to kind of go hunting yeah. around America Square. Um, yeah. Uh, and I was a bit nonplussed by it. I did do a cheeky download and play it for like a couple of minutes and I caught a, I caught a Pokemon in my local park um, and that was literally as far as I got with it because I was like, mm, this is not, this is not <laughs> for me. I know this is not for me. And I, you know, all that news about people missing their child's fathers missing their child's birth and and and, and um, uh, people like falling into lakes and stuff because they're looking for <laughs> the new beasts. Um, it was it was a phenomena. Yeah. It was crazy. Do you see those people? The floods of people into Central yeah. Park and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, madness, madness over a game that. that I don't want to. I don't want to speak too ill of it because I know you're you're a Poke fan. That's yeah. what they. That's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Sun and Moon came out this year. Were they good? Yeah. Were they because you played? Yeah, Moon? they were good. That's all about. That's about as much as I have to say about it. It's this seems more to be the Pokemon theme of the, the theme of the year. Like, like everything has been good, but not. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. I. It's just. I don't know, Pokemon, I, I was really looking forward to it, and I generally do play all of them when they come out at least once, um, just because it's familiar, and this one was different, and which was, is, is good, it was different, but I don't know, there's so much more added to it that I've kind of lost that nostalgia, which is what keeps me buying them. Um... And plus, it's like, there's like a two-hour tutorial at the start of the game, which I, I just haven't been able to get through because I'm bored out of my skull. I'm like, I know I have to throw a Pokeball at it after I weaken it. I know that. Right. <laughs> okay. I've been playing this game for 20 years. Um, I, I mean, I understand why it's in there, but I don't know why it needs to be two hours. Um, <laughs> it's a good game. I can't fault it, really. To be honest, but I just I I just not into it at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's run down a few of the big hitters from the year. Gone. Lego Star Wars Episode Seven, uh, Force Awakens. I mean, 
It's Lego Star Wars. You know, we talked about Lego. Everyone knows what it is. You know, you know what you're getting into once you buy it. It's good, and that's about it. Doom. Doom was pretty good. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe let's 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 leave let's let's leave Bethesda games off the table just for the moment. Okay. Um. And and go with with things that we can actually talk about briefly. Okay. Like Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which, despite only being released in the later part of the year, is already the the biggest selling console game. Yeah, I, I feel like that's really deceptive, though, because to buy the Modern Warfare Remastered, you had to buy Infinite Warfare. So that, I think, inflated the numbers greatly. It was just people who wanted uh, Modern Warfare Remastered. I feel like Call of Duty Infinite Warfare itself... Like, if that had been released on itself and Modern Warfare had been released by itself, Modern Warfare would have outsold it by a mile. Really? Because I, I just get the feeling that a lot of people are losing interest in the Call of Duty series. Finally. But to be honest, that's after, like, how... how I, don't, I can't even count how many games they've released. A million, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's had a good run, and either they're going to need to make some very drastic changes to it to, to get people into it, or well they have they got Jon Snow oh do they yeah he's in it oh really mm. cool <laughs> I don't think that's going to be enough though um, <laughs> but then you, you, you although make a I, big... he- I heard the single player campaign is actually really good we'll see <laughs> like I, I, I think you made a really good point which is that you know the, the modern warfare remaster this is a year in which Skyrim remastered is in the top 10 selling games of the year yeah that's a game that everyone's already played that's being re-released with a few god rays yeah. <laughs> and nicer textures and everyone's gone yeah I'll have that again because it's not about the new it's quite the opposite it's about going yeah I loved spending time in that world because yeah. it was well crafted and yeah. of course of course I want to go back there every game I wanted to go back to Skyrim this year much more than they did want to go to the San Francisco of Watch Dogs 2. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Totally. You know that and Dishonored 2, I totally forgot about. Which is crazy, because I'm sure... Me too. I'm sure they're both cracking games. I'm sure they're both... Are you, are you, are you sure? Because no, Watch Dogs sure. 1 was really crap. <laughs> but they always do... That, that's, that's always the case though, isn't it? I associate Watch Dogs... It's a bit like Assassin's Creed for me. Hmm. Assassin's Creed 1 is a terribly boring game. Assassin's Creed 2 is a stone cold classic and I, I think that I, I, from what I understood they've done the same thing with Watch Dogs 2 which is work out the ideas but not the delivery on those ideas for the first game mm. and then work on the delivery for the second game so that hack the world or whatever the, the tagline is is actually a, a fairly appropriate thing because mm. it's, it's easier to do or something um, Titanfall 2 is in the top ten. Yeah, I mentioned. I'm, I'm, that makes me quite happy. Um, I mentioned I played a little bit of it before. I haven't played too much more of it. Okay. But Titanfall Two is, it's a good game. It deserves to, you know, have sold. I'm glad people bought it. To be honest, um, it's got a, a good single player component. It's got a good multiplayer component. You know, that's what you want from a shooter game. Um. FIFA 17 
So, Battlefield? <laughs> no, FIFA, FIFA 17. Have you got anything to say about FIFA 17? Uh, this is the one where they had the weird story mode thing, right? Was it the story mode? I don't know. I know. Th- which one was the one where they introduced women's soccer for the first time? Was that 16 or this one? That might have been 16. Oh, okay. Fair this enough. one was all about the story mode. And okay. I've heard that it's pretty cool. So, enjoy it if you play that game. <laughs> That's... That's as much as we're going to say about that. You know what? On a side note, I want an NFL game. I want an NFL game to be released in the UK. Can you not get Madden's over here? No, you can't. That's crazy. It's so, you so You can get NHL. Around. You can't get Madden. Um, and yeah, I want Madden. Yeah. It's, mass- it's massive in America. Yeah. I mean, they used to. I remember having Madden 06. Yeah, on the Mega Drive. Oh, six. Oh, no. <laughs> no never mind. Uh, um, yeah, they, they surely... There's, there's enough of an audience here, surely. Yeah, I mean, there's enough of an audience. They're doing four games in London next year. Right. I think two or four. I can't remember. I think it's four, actually. Um, so there is an audience here for mm. it. And they released NHL. Why not release... I'm the pretty sure... I'm pretty sure... More people would buy Madden than they would buy NHL. Yeah, no? Oh, yeah, in America, okay. no doubt. No doubt. No, over here. Over here, I'm talking about. Well, yeah, because it'll be the... Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a more recognisable name for video games. Yeah. Of course. Um, well, I, I think we're kind of coming up to things like Battlefield now. Yeah. Which you loved. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed Battlefield. Um, it's it's a brilliant game. It, it's gorgeous. It's as like I said, is it is gorgeous. It's well made. It's um, single player. Even though it was better, better, it didn't really like grab me. But it, but like I said, it was the best. The multiplayer component of it, at least, was the best at capturing the idea of war. I think I've said that three or four times now. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to stick with. That's okay. my tagline. That's nice. It's good. It's <laughs> good. They can use that as a quote. Exactly. Um, yeah, we have talked about it a few times, and it's it's impressive because I, I remember a few episodes ago you were looking forward equally to Titanfall and Battlefield. Yeah. Um, and it 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 actually it does quite sadden me a bit that they both came round around the same time because that means like a lot of people only bought one of them they had to make the choice of Titanfall 2 or Battlefield 1. Mm. And they were both really good games in their own kind of way. Mm. Um, but at the same time, they are really different. Mm. They're very different games. Mm. I wouldn't pit them against each other right. if I had to compare two, two shooters. Yeah. There's been a lot of shooters this year. A lot of shooters. A lot. Yeah. The list of the list in the, the kind of top 20 games is, is you know... A lot of shooters. Um, I think we're coming up to, to the actual, the, the winning, the winners now, the rostrum, the winners. Yeah. yeah. So who uh, goes first? Me, me, you're going to go with I'll the go, I'll go first because you're better at, at this stuff, the knowing stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, that, that what is good. And I think, I think my, my choices are probably going to be considered a little lamer than yours. However, it's worth saying, listener, um, that uh, if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, 
then you already know exactly, I think, what we're about to say. Uh, <laughs> we've dropped enough hints about the things we like. And no, I'm, but spoilers, I'm not talking about No Man's Sky. But other than that, you will, <laughs> you will know what we're about to say, I think. Um, if you're new to this, we'll try and justify our choices uh, at not too great a length, but, but nevertheless, I think they probably will need a bit of justification. Um, and the criteria that we set each other uh, was just, you know, what games made you happy? What, what criteria do you give a game? What, what does a game need to do to be good? And that's a very subjective thing. So with that in mind, my runner-up for Game of the Year is a game I considered the aesthetic to be really, really pleasing. The storyline, which you know I'm, I'm really into, um, often, even if it's to the detriment of gameplay. Um, Characterisation and performance, incredible. And the sense of jeopardy during the game. My runner-up is Firewatch for Game of the Year. It's, it is a short game, and it could be considered a walking sim. <laughs> However, it is beautiful, designed by Ollie Moss, a, a brilliant graphic artist. Mm -hmm. um, two, the, the acting in it is incredible, the animation. You do feel jeopardy and a serious, serious sense of unease. The end of the story doesn't quite give you what you want, but then if you play it again, it, it kind of reveals itself to, to it reveals itself to have done exactly what it needed to do, and it's great. It's a really exciting piece of 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 art. Oh, that's wanky, isn't it? But it's you know, it's um, it is. Uh, I just loved it. I loved it, and it's a it's a. I would. I would certainly. Are you um, hoping to see and... um, more from from uh, who made it? Yeah, it's a company in um, in California. Uh, I can't remember the name now. But yeah, certainly. Yeah. Certainly, if they can wrangle those kind of performances, I mean, th there's a kind of. And it was it was mostly about the performances, the voice actors, and yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And th there were a lot of um, the real jeopardy. It's about the relationship between the the this this man who you're you're playing, and this this woman who you never see. You just communicate with her via the radio, and she's kind of your boss, but then she becomes your friend. And it's all it's all done via conversations of the radio, but the so the real jeopardy of the game is how that relationship manifests itself, and you govern that with your conversation choices and your reactions to things she says and what and what you speak to her about, and the relationship does kind of cast a shadow on what happens at the end of the game. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think that you know that's as, as much as I need to say about Firewatch. It's a short game, and and um, I almost made it my, my winner because, simply because it it made me really happy, and it made me love sitting in front of my 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 my, my PlayStation for a few hours, and, and yeah, just brilliantly crafted storyline. How about you, man? Um, my runner-up. You know what? I just want to. I, I want to give some honourable mentions yeah, for, for the runner-up, before the runner-up. Uh, there's been, as much as I said that this year has been disappointing or whatever, um, there have been some really good games that came out this year. Mm. 
and some some of them have like totally blown me away like uncharted 4 um to d- it was it was gorgeous i'm I've, i have a pretty powerful pc um and i can crank the graphics up to the max but i was playing uncharted 4 on my ps4 and at points i was i thought i was watching a movie it was so good Naughty Dog's uh, mocap is absolutely incredible. Um, XCOM Two came out this year. I just, I just love XCOM, mm. even though it had performance issues when it came out, and it wasn't, it wasn't game of the year quality, but it was a really, really good game. Of course, Civilization Six, which I'm still really enjoying, yeah. still putting a lot of hours into. Right. The game is. It, it's it's more civilization and they got it right I feel like they got it right they made some some not major changes um, but the changes really made a difference to the game awesome. um, what else is there I enjoyed Gears of War 4 that was pretty cool it was very yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've already covered that on the podcast yeah uh, but I think that deserves a mention um, and then Enter the Gungeon Actually, no, there's, there's actually, I, yeah, Enter, Enter the Gungeon came out this year. Enter the Gungeon came out this year, which, again, I've mentioned a lot. Um, I, I think I sunk 60 hours into that game, and it's not very complicated or deep <laughs> game, um, but it is a lot of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I hope to see more content from it soon. Like, I hope for some DLC or something like that. Now, that being said, my runner-up, um, I, I I was hoping great things from this game because the last one in the series was a departure from the series in general. Um, and there was a lot of people, a lot of speculation when they were releasing trailers. There was a lot of speculation. Oh, this isn't going to be as great as the original originals, but it did turn out. It, it turned out to be a really really good solid game. And that game is Doom. Hooray! Doom twenty sixteen was it was just it was just fantastic. It felt like the original Dooms. Like Doom three, it was good, but it wasn't Doom. It was it was it felt like it became like survival horror ish kind of genre. Um, and actually, if if you haven't seen it, um, what's his name? Daniel Dwyer. Uh, who is a games journalist? Mm. Um, he released a like short documentary just a couple of days ago on Doom and the entire series and everything. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's really, really good. He, okay. he does a fantastic job. Um, but anyway, like I feel like they nailed the movement system in the game. The whole everything feels silky and smooth. Like when you're fighting, the soundtrack is the incredible. Crazy, yeah. Mick Gordon. Um, who who hasn't done anything that has been like a major blockbuster hit? I feel like he did Wolfenstein. He did um, which did really well. Um, he's done Killer Instinct. Um, I think he's done a few other ones here and there. But I feel like this is his biggest blockbuster, and it is absolutely the soundtrack is just off. You know, it's exactly what I wanted from a Doom game. Um, and some yeah. sick kills in there as well. Man. Yeah, yeah. I really like the, so 
so when it's all about melee combat it's not all about melee combat but there is you can go in for these kind of instant kills the enemies will start flashing like yellow and and blue um, and then you can walk up to them and then finish them off but what i thought was incredible is they obviously while they're stunned they move around so depending on what angle you go in at it's a different animation like for example if you're coming from behind the heel for example, grab their chin and smash the back of their head in or something like that. But if you're coming from the front, he will kick them in the stomach and then rip their mouth open or something like that. It's really, really cool. And it's different for... I, I thought I would get sick of that really, really quickly. But I didn't. They managed to keep it fun. It's that level of gore and craziness where it does become funny. It, it, you know yeah. what I mean? You're laughing. Like like when they first showed it at E3 where the the... It's the other way around. It's when when one of the when one of the monsters kills you, it pulls and it rips your arms, your arms off, off and yeah, beats you to yeah. death. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's if I heard that, I'd have gone. That's too much. Yeah. But seeing it, it's like, yeah, it's cool. It's funny. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Doom. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Highly you heard it here it. first. Doom. And I'm going to check out that Danny O'Dwyer. Yes, okay. Danny O'Dwyer. Okay. Now again, let's let's go let's go on onto your winner quickly because my winner very predictable probably quite controversial to a lot of gamers it came out the main game came out in November last year but it is game of the year this year for me in the same way that Blood and Wine can get the Witcher 3 a game of the year award no you're cheating you're cheating you can't you can't give it to DLC <laughs> wait wait is what the internet is collectively saying. <laughs> I, th- I think you, you should be able to give it to whatever you want. Because you love The Witcher and because Blood and Wine was amazing and, and that won it the game of the year. I, I was able to buy a game of the year edition of The Witcher even though it was only Blood and Wine. That, that Yeah, anyway. I encourage people to go back to Fallout 4 now that the DLC is out. And remember all the amazing things that happened in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4. That sense of exploration, the moment where you find a vault where they've been stealing children to turn them into gunners. That moment where you find a bar in the middle of nowhere. Um, The moment you find any awesome location and have a sweet sweet gun battle there um you can truly choose your own path in fallout 4 uh and you can truly make your mark on the world of the game now the base building stuff meh we've talked about it plenty Mm. but the reason i want to give the dlc of fallout 4 game of the year is because far harbor and nuka world were both incredible amounts of fun and gave the game back all the things that critics of the game. I love Fallout 4, the main game, but anyone who had a criticism of it was saying things like, uh, it's the same, it's the, there's no kind of moral choices, or rather yeah, the moral I choices. Mean, I was saying that. There's the no good or bad, only meh. You can be good or bad in the main game, but your morality does not impact on the world, which is frustrating. So it's like you can be a, an arsehole to someone but it doesn't mean you won't be able to yeah. do a mission anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. Whereas Far Harbor forces you to make a, 
a, a genuinely tricky moral decision quite a few times, especially at its climax, obviously. Like, there's a huge... What, what do you do if an ally has done something patently unforgivable? How do you treat them? You know, things like that. And how, how much of it is about how the rest... Of, big moral questions, big societal questions, but wrapped up in, in a scary island uh, DLC. Um, and Nuka World not only provided a, a, basically an enormous arena for, for, for some really fun some fun gun battles and some that weren't fun admittedly fun because they weren't fun because they were challenging rather than fun just they were rubbish but Nuka World had so much cool stuff going on it had a bit of the old Fallout 3 and Fallout 2 humour in the, in the haunted house bits and and some of the some of the lead bad guys were, were comic rather than scary um, and it had some really neat ideas like short like 10 minutes into Nuka World you've got to battle a boss who seems massively overpowered mm. until you realise that he's getting his, he's drawing electricity from like a, a thing and so all you actually need to defeat him is a water pistol so if you shoot him with a water pistol he gets electrocuted and then you can go in and, and beat him up <laughs> um, so yeah it's things like that they, they, they've they added, not only did Nuka World add jokes which was the other thing that, that Fallout 4 was lacking but also towards the end of Nuka World you get to bring the bad raider morality back into the main game as in you can convert some of your uh, settlements in the commonwealth to raider settlements and you do start having that bad reputation your reputation does make a difference to the gameplay in the main game because I spent most time with the game because I think it's brilliant beautifully designed and I seem to be the only person in the world who's not suffered from glitching in the game and I've spent hundreds of hours in that game well a hundred maybe a <laughs> um, uh, hundred really I've put in like a hundred forty yeah no I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> my, my, my latest character has a hundred on the main oh okay but, um, uh, yeah I um it's Fallout 4 for me. But enough of that. What's the actual game of the year? Tell us why. Okay, well, the the actual game of the year. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know how to introduce it. Um, parts of it go well with uh, cheese, apparently. Hmm. Uh, and the other part should stay inside you. Um, it's blood and wine. <laughs> Cheat! Cheat! <laughs> yeah, I mean, after seeing that the Game Awards can do it, I'm like, why can't I do that? <laughs> but honestly, um, it transformed the game. I'm obviously talking about The Witcher 3, the expansion Blood and Wine, which was its second expansion. It added a significant amount of stuff to the original base game. And it changed a lot in the game. It's such a stark contrast to Novigrad and and that kind of area where it you see pain and suffering. The moment you step into that DLC, it is it, it's totally different. The world is totally different, um, 
and it, it just made me like like you said it made me really really happy i mean you've get, yet to get there so i don't really want to spoil anything no, don't about worry about me uh, no i want you to experience it that's how much i liked it I, i'm looking forward to you experiencing that part of the game um and i cared about the characters the story a lot of people before i played the game said i played the expansion said that um the story in Blood and Wine is actually better than the the, the main story of the main game. And I, I have to agree with them. Wow. There was moments in it which were just really, really, really cool. I've got uh, to say... My, and you my... really care for uh, the characters you interact with in the game. That's amazing. That's amazing yeah. to do that. I, I was going to add a little proviso to my choices, which was that I think if I was further through The Witcher... It, it might well be my game of the year. I am absolutely loving it. I'm, I'm only level 17, mm. and I'm one of the... I'm a, as you know, I'm a, I'm a completist. I'm doing all the little side missions and, 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 and contracts right. before I move on with the main story too far. Um, like, I haven't even been to the Skellige Islands yeah, yeah. yet. Um, uh, but I'm, I, I love it. I love it. It's, mm. it's a grown-up game. Yes. It does have some weird attitudes towards sex. But, you know, the, the cool thing about the game is you can choose to be faithful to Yennefer or, yeah. or, or a bit of a slut, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you can treat or people well both. or poorly. Yeah, right. You can, <laughs> you can do kind of what you like. Um, it is a grown-up game. Mm. I was intrigued to know... It's a, it's a game that's grown up enough... And I'm talking about the main game still. Yeah. Um, it's a game that's grown up enough to deal surprisingly sensitively... With, with the fallout and grief from from things like stillbirth, which is amazing. Um, that that um, that quest and that mission was it, it, it like I, I really liked enjoyed the game, but I, I, but then when that happened, when I went through that mission, it blew me away. I was like, this is absolutely incredible. I love yeah. this game. It's it's you you have to you, you have to chat to three grotesque witches and all, and, and fight some beasts. Sure. Mm. But that is part of a storyline that's dealing with some some harsh stuff, and it deals with it really, really well. Yeah. What ending did you get with that, by the way? Uh, the the bloody Baron quest. Mm. Um, I can't remember what the options were. I can, I remember what happened with mine. Basically, I um, I had the we dig, dug up the baby, and. Uh, and I think we buried it peacefully. Uh, maybe I mean the bit just after the quest. My my bloody Baron hanged himself. Oh yeah, he did. He yeah, did. yeah. yeah. Um, I was so pissed. Me too. Because I didn't get his Gwent card. His card. His unique oh, card. I yeah. said, what do you mean mission failed? What do you mean I've got a little red cross? Oh, because he's hanged himself. Why can't I loot his corpse? That'd be a bit harsh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't give a shit about him. I just wanted the card. <laughs> <laughs> so if if but if. The way I see it, if, if it can deal with... There's a massively broad political spectrum to it. There's so much going on in the main game. And if Blood and, and Wine can add to that... I, I feel mean, like it's amplified in Blood and Wine. Okay. I feel like... Even though, technically, in the main game, there is more at stake. Um, in Blood and Wine, it just it, it felt like you were up against it. I suppose um, it's quite rare to be somewhere really truly beautiful in a, in a video game yeah like Velen is full of corpses yeah and actually funny enough that probably makes it a lot easier to know who to side with 
Because if you're walking through a place that's got that's just bodies and charred buildings everywhere, and it's because of this guy, mm. you're probably not going to like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? If you're walking somewhere beautiful, and I've only seen the, the, the trailer, I'm kind of, leave, I, I want to get to Blood and Wine. Well, I don't know, well, actually, this is a good recommendation you can make to me and, and the listeners. Should I screw the main game off and just go straight to Blood and Wine? No, I don't think so. I think, I, I really, I, I went, I waited, I played the DLCs as they came out. So Blood and Wine, I played after Hearts of Stone, uh, which was okay. Hearts of Stone wasn't bad. Is Hearts uh, of Stone an expansion or just more missions in the main area? It's a mission in the main area. Okay. It's a mission. It adds a few things here. It was interesting. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, it the, the ending of it was really difficult. <laughs> I died a lot. Oh, no. um, but that's when I enabled the, the level thing. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And then I stuck with it because uh, that's when I think that's when they added it as well. Uh, that enemy scale with you. Hmm. Um, and it made the boss really hard um, but it was good it was good I recommend playing Hearts of Stone as well and then going into Blood and Wine okay okay. Well, I feel like Blood and Wine rounds it off really nicely oh nice it feels like well it certainly sounds big enough that it, could, yeah. it's, 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 it is its own game yeah yeah. I think it's totally fair um, to you know give it a game of the year award I mean I get I get why people are complaining about DLCs and stuff and DLCs shouldn't get it. but if it's new content then I think it's worth it if it's like a totally new co- it's like on its own it stands as as great content do you understand what I mean? Uh, do you like Far Harbour and Nuka World like the way I talk about it? I feel or? like yeah if if those were up for it they deserve it as well because they you know you go to a new place quite, then they're, they're like 8 hours each they're not 20 hours and you'd kind of want 20 hours for a game you know elite. well maybe not well, I feel like that, that is, they need to be long enough relative to the main game itself okay know? so if, if the main game is I don't know 30 hours and the DLC is 10 hours I think that's okay hmm you know hmm but if the DLC is just adding a couple of assets to your base building inventory <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know about it, but I I feel like I feel like we've actually done a good job. Um, we've given you uh, a multiple choice ending. So if you want the non DLC version, then you just take our runner ups. Yep, those are our gamers of the year: Doom and Firewatch. But if you want to include the DLCs, <laughs> which I did say were included, <laughs> it all comes back round. This thing you see. <laughs> That's the genius. That's 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 some um, Johnson Nolan shit right there, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, it's it's almost time to wrap it up, but but let's 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 celebrate our our, our discovery and discussion of the, the game of the year by talking about what we've got to look forward to in two thousand seventeen. Definitely, let's do let's preview that. Shit. There, there there is so much so much coming out next year that I'm excited for. I remember um, thinking exactly the same thing a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But a bunch of that stuff didn't come out this year yeah, <laughs> as true. well. Um, so, Horizon Zero Dawn. March. Yeah. Yeah, and the new trailer... Oh, it's not really a trailer, it's a new collection of clips. Looks... Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And while... You know, my, my question was always, is it all going to be wilderness or do we get to go and see some of those wrecked cities? 
and one of the clips in in the new thing is 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 a is is you is that is the main character f- f- like I'm not sure if you're flying it in controlling it or just kind of hitching a lift on the back yeah. of a bird that's flying through is it a QT or are you controlling it <laughs> hmm. well actually I don't know it's really hard to say, to say yeah. which is quite a good thing something that's exciting about Horizon Zero Dawn is that the, the, the combat does look really cinematic yeah it does which is that really looks cool. really fun yeah um, the two games we've already discussed Last of Us 2 uh, Death Stranding okay um, oh, uh, do we do we are we anything like near a confirmation that they are going to come out in 2017 actually Last of Us 2 I'm not too, actually both of them I'm not too sure why would they release a trailer for something that they're not they're nothing well it might come out in like early 2018 you know um, like we haven't seen any gameplay, so I suppose we should hold on to our butts. Let's do that. Um, Resident Evil Seven. Resident Evil Seven. It looks like it's going to come out at the same time as Resident Evil Two Remaster. Okay. I'm really excited about the Resident Evil Two Remaster. Me too. I love to. Um. Yeah. What a game. Yeah. What a game. What a, what an incredible opening hour. What just oh yeah yeah lovely puzzles yeah uh, really inappropriate attire for a for, for a policewoman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Resident Evil Seven is first person. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, does is it still going to be Resident Evil? <sighs> but I mean, but the, the, they did change the the, the camera angle. From three to four, yeah, didn't they? They did. I feel like it's still gonna feel like Resident Evil. It's actually gonna be scarier. I feel, mm. but not so scary that after watching some of the gameplay, but it doesn't seem so scary that it's not gonna be Resident Evil. Mm. So, I'm still not gonna play it, <laughs> but I'm gonna live vicariously through you. <laughs> Sweet, and I'm gonna play it very slowly and very cowardly. Apparently, it does have. Apparently the main game is full of things like red and green herbs and and crown jewel that you have to mix with queen jewel to put in a keyhole yeah, and things yeah. like that. Like it's it, apparently it's all they they, they did that. release like um, I think a thirty minute clip of of the actual gameplay of the main game. Hmm? Yeah, oh, right. yeah, with the the family man um, chasing you with an axe. Have you seen that? No. No, I've seen the lantern woman chasing you for a, an age, um, and then I've I've seen both. Version, both endings of the, the demo okay. um, the escape the house kind of demo thing they, they did they did some uh, apparently there's some really cool secrets in, in there really? yeah and some sort of like one of them carries over to to the actual main game oh smokes well there is there is only there is only um, there's like 20 rooms in that house but you actually only need to go into four or five of them to escape they like need to go to somewhere to get the, the, yeah, yeah, the crank. They they also the, showed um, some combat as well. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna check that out. Okay. Uh, should we keep going? Please. Um, pit people. What's uh, that? You might not know about this one. Mm. This is by um, a company called Behemoth, uh, or Behemoth. I don't know how you say it. Um, and they have done some. They they started off making flash games a long time ago on Newgrounds, 
um, and but they've made some of my favorite games um, they started off with a game called Alien Hominid which was a side-scrolling shooter um, then Castle Crashers um, which yeah, no, is no. really really yeah, good yeah. Um, and Pit People is a strategy game by them Okay. and apparently that's coming out soon I'll be checking that out good enough um, yeah. God of War okay yes the the I've, I've seen that first 10 minutes of it yeah. thing looks stunning yeah it's not very God of War-ish it's different mm. and it's what the series needed oh okay it was I feel like they did it almost perfectly because I played a lot of God of War um, but by the time the last game came out I was I was sick of it mm. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm not really interested in this new one anymore. Okay. Um, but I even played the PSP ones mm. and, and all that. But now they've, it feels like they're changing it slightly. And I'm really intrigued. I'm really, yeah. really intrigued. I think I'll really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, that looks cool. For Honor? Ah, right. Okay. I'm not sure if I am interested in that. Yeah, me neither. I don't trust Ubisoft. That's the problem, isn't it? You can't churn out that many games and maintain a quality. I mean, the, the, as proven mm. in, 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 in by eighty five percent of Assassin's Creed games, of which there are three hundred now. So, like, um, and Frona looks it looks like a really un, uncomfortable mix of of something like Clash of Clans or something like that, <laughs> and some kind of RPG. I don't know. I don't know. I, when I initially saw the saw it, I was quite interested, but now I'm just a bit. Mm, mm. I'm not too sure about that. I'll see when it comes out. Sure. Um, this is uh, another one. I don't know if I've mentioned this. This was my 2015 game of the year, I guess. Divinity Original Sin, two. Okay. Um, it's a a top down like RPG. Alright. Um, but the battle system is really cool. It's it's turn based, and right. environment based. Um, so you have to use action points to move to this place, and then if there's a puddle on the floor, if you electrocute it, mm. it might spark up, and then blow up oh, some cool. gas. Um, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I really really loved it. Um, and this is the, the second one coming out now. Okay. I can actually go and play the first chapter. I have the first chapter of this game wow. right now, but. I'm waiting for it to come out in full. Well, is that is that because you're, like, you know that just one chapter alone won't, like, it would be yeah. your interest too much, and you'd be like, I I feel like it will spoil the game for me. I want okay. more after I finish it sure. because I absolutely loved this game, and I think it was 2015. I don't know, it might have been 2014. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. Really, yeah. really excited. For that sounds that. cool. Um, Cuphead is finally coming out. Apparently. Okay. Hopefully. Why hasn't it been out already for ages? Because originally when the game, they announced the game, it was just boss battles. Yeah. So they delayed it to add like levels oh, okay. in between. Because uh, yeah. a lot of people were critical of the fact that it's just boss battles. But why? But if, if that's the point, if that's what the game is, you can't... It's like complaining that The Last of Us only has two main characters. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, that's what it is. Mm, yeah I guess so I'm quite I, I hope fully the level design is good and it doesn't make the game worse that's all I hope for sure sure yeah, yeah no that's fair enough because I've played the boss battle or like one or two of the boss battles and it was it was really fun and, and absolutely gorgeous it does look amazing yeah it was yeah. really really good looking um, okay. Shenmue 3 
Do you know Shenmue? Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've heard of it and seen bits of it, but I never played it. I really liked Shenmue. Okay. Um, although I'm a bit concerned about this game. It's like... They up... Like, story-wise, I'm not concerned. I'm sure it's going to be good. But in terms of looks, it looks like they just added higher-res textures. <laughs> it looks really bad. Um, but I, but we'll see. I didn't back it, so you know I don't have a you don't have stake a in the horse. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption Two. Of course. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption Two. The Magnificent Seven. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, I, we've talked about it before yeah. in the podcast. Seek other episodes for more information. <laughs> I've got three left. Um, ukulele. I don't know if I've mentioned ukulele. No. Um, it's by ex-Rare developers um, who made Banjo-Kazooie mm. and the Donkey okay. Kong games. Yeah. And they split off and they made their own game. And it's basically Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. but it's a new game and I'm super excited Sweet. I backed I backed this game on Kickstarter okay. um, and I can't wait till it comes out it looks absolutely fantastic it looks hilarious the soundtrack looks amazing mm-hmm. and yeah when's it out? I, th- uh, I think it's March okay it might be March I don't know um, South Park Fractured Butthole <laughs> I did that wrong <laughs> <laughs> Fractured, fractured but whole. Fractured but whole. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 that was good. Um, have you seen any gameplay from this game yet? A little bit. Is it the same as the Stick of Truth? No. Good. There is more to it. The combat, there's more to the combat. Because as funny as Stick of Truth was, Flip, that got repetitive. Like, oof. I didn't mind it that much. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I only I, I I'm a big South Park fan. I, I love the show itself, and and like that there's a TV show out there that isn't afraid to kind of speak out, even if they're attacking literally everyone all the time. But um, the computer game it wore a little bit thin for me, just just because the I don't mind turn based stuff. I just didn't feel like there was enough there were enough options for the first like half of the game mm. but anyway yeah I'm looking forward to the second one I'll, I'll, I'll do it I'll play it yeah. the trailer looks hilarious so, yeah. and last but not least and also my 2017 game of the year it's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild <laughs> whoop now did you see Jimmy Kimmel playing it yes did that excite you yes um, so for those of you who, who, who didn't see this clip go on, on YouTube it's on Kimmel, Kimmel's channel um, uh, the guy from Nintendo uh, came on to, that's think. him um, came on the show officially to announce Mario Run mm-hmm. which looks quite cool actually it does actually yeah, I, cool. so. I, I might download that yeah. when I have an iPhone um <laughs> But uh, he, he, he had a secret, which was he, he'd bought a, a Switch mm-hmm. uh, onto the show, and Jimmy Kimmel played a bit of the game, the, the, the new Zelda game. Um, it looks great. It looks enormous. 
Yeah. The horizon is infinite, isn't it? Like you can anywhere you can see, you can go to. Yeah, you can see yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. Um, what else was featured in that Kimmel clip? Oh, oh yeah, the, the the shield slide that looks fun. Yeah, yeah. Was that been? Has that been in previous Zelda games? No, no. This is the first proper, properly open world Zelda game, and that in itself just makes me super excited. Um. And like even in the trailers, they they've just done some amazing stuff. Like they released a trailer of, of just the, the wind blowing up the grass. It was ten minutes long, but then if you look in the background, you see minute details. Like I don't know, seven minutes in, there's something in the distance that looks like a mountain, and then it grows legs and starts moving around. Brilliant! It, it's so cool. It is so cool, and. Zelda does have its like there's there's some things like that really annoy me like in the last one Skyward Sword the last like console one uh, Skyward Sword there was every time you you picked up a collectible um, for the first time of you playing that session it would explain to you what that collectible is and it was it got so annoying but it just makes up for it in like in like in in some of the mannerisms like there's there's this one character who when you walk up to his shop he 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 puts his hands together and comes up to you and starts um you know that typical japanese anime kind of fashion rubbing his hands together um and then the moment you start from walking away from him he just sighs and his body entirely slumps and he starts walking away slowly right but then if you walk back, he'll do the same thing again. And I just love that that kind of stuff, that kind of Studio Ghibli-esque mm. kind of thing. Mm. Studio Ghibli-esque. Nino Kuni 2 is actually also coming out. Okay. And uh, um, I love the first one. Sorry, yeah. I totally Beautiful. forgot about that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to Zelda. It's, it's what Nintendo does best. And you know, I'm, I'm happy that they're not trying to make a... A hack and slash where there's gore and bits everywhere. Yeah. Or a Zelda Dark Souls and stuff. Uh, to to me, know? it looked like the, the what they showed was exactly the correct graphic evolution. Yeah. It was perfect. It still has an edge of what we talked about a lot previously, last episode, that Nintendo cutesiness. Yeah. But it does look more grown up. It looks a little bit Final Fantasy, actually. Hmm. Just a little bit. It's, it looks like It looks like early Zelda mixed with Final Fantasy. Yeah. To me, which is a good look, look a good look, beautiful landscapes. Um, before the corrections and omissions department have to write in, it's Jimmy Fallon, not Jimmy Kimmel. Ah, yeah, it's Jimmy Fallon. Sorry, guys, um, but uh, I know the Jimmys will be very angry at me about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that looks. Just, I'm excited about it, and I'm <laughs> I don't even own a Nintendo thing, so um, yeah. Although, if games seek price is official and it is only 200 quid then maybe yeah. I will be owning a Nintendo thing quite soon yeah yeah. because uh, that's a good price for sure and it looks it looks it's, and you yeah. can play Skyrim on the train yo <laughs> that's mind blowing <laughs> yeah that's really cool well there it is you heard it all here first or at least second or third <laughs> but um that's our game of the year edition. On our on our on our next show, on the next episode, we'll 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 have a very special guest. 
and we'll be talking Rogue One. We'll be talking a lot of Rogue One, I think. Yeah. 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 We'll be saying how rubbish we thought it was, <laughs> controversial, but always cool. I don't know what that means. We'd better leave Boss Mike before us about any more nonsense. What do you think? Good chat. Good chat. Hey, rate us uh, five stars. Subscribe, like, all those kind of things. Do us, uh, do us that favour. Given that we've given you such a bounty of favours this episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I agree. See you next time. See ya.